Hey guys, Ed from Paranormal Inc. Ohio here, back at it again with another podcast. Tonight's podcast is about the ancient Nephilims. Uh, Before we get into that, I want to discuss what has happened today. Uh, It was another tragedy um, in Tennessee, and I just don't understand how so many innocent lives are being taken especially of children two nine-year-olds and an eight-year-old almost about to be nine and then three other faculty that were in their 60s and then the death of the shooter it's just Enough is enough. When will this madness end with innocence being taken? So I want the families of the Tennessee shooting to know that uh, you are all in our thoughts and prayers during this tragic, this tragic, tragic tragedy. Um... I am so very sorry for your loss. And I didn't know if I was going to do tonight's episode or not. But I think we should just have some normalcy. I I hate that this has happened. And I'm so sorry for everyone that was involved with involved with this that lost a loved one <clears throat> it's just this this mindless violence needs to stop it needs to stop so again the people of Tennessee the families affected by the shooting and the victims uh, you're in my thoughts and prayers and I am here praying every day for you all. So today we're going to talk about the ancient Nephilim. And the Nephilim, as you may or may not know, have been talked about in the Bible frequently. In many Bibles, many forms of the Bible, they have talked about the Nephilim. They're in the Hebrew uh, Bible. They're in the Old Testament. They're even talked about in the New Testament. They're all over and they're in the book of Enoch is these giants that walk amongst us and it is said that the Nephilims were created from the fallen angel Azazel who had fell to earth and mated with with women Um, he found them very attractive and he wanted to just I guess one more, you know, thorn in God's side, if you will. So the Nephilims were created. So we're going to talk about the history of the Nephilim. The Nephilim are mysterious beings or people in the Hebrew Bible who are described as being large and strong. The word Nephilim is loosely translated as giants in most translations of the Hebrew Bible, but left untranslated in others. 
Some Jewish explanations interpret them as hybrid sons of fallen angels. The main reference to them is in Genesis 6, 1-4, but the passage is ambiguous and the identity of the Nephilim is disputed. According to the book of Numbers 13.33, a report from 10 of the 12 spies was given of them inhabiting Canaan at the time of the Israelite conquest of Canaan. A similar or identical biblical Hebrew term read as Nephilim by some scholars or as the word fallen by others appears in the book of Ezekiel 32.27 and is also mentioned in the Deutsche Canonical Books Judith 16.6 Sarak 16.7 Barak 3.26-28 and Wisdom 14.6 The Brown Driver Briggs lexicon gives the meaning of Nephilim as giants and holds that proposed etymologies of the word are all very precarious. Many suggested interpretations are based on the assumption that the word is a derivative of Hebrew verbal root fall. Robert Baker argued in 1871 the word comes from the Hif-il causative stem, implying that the Nephilim are to be perceived as those that cause others to fall down. Ronald Hindale states that it is a passive form, ones who have fallen, grammatically angelicus to pakid, one who is appointed, one who is bound, a prisoner, if you will. The majority of ancient biblical translations, including the Septuagint, I'm probably destroying these giant words, guys. I mean, I, I know that you guys got to get a kick out of me doing these episodes because I'll try to say these names because I write everything down as I do the research and I have it all ready for me to say when I go and do these podcasts. And sometimes, most of the times, one, I can't read my own handwriting, and two, these names, are they're just gigantic there's so many letters and it's you know in different languages so it's really hard for me to kind of pronounce but i hope it doesn't bother you guys too much i hope you get a kick out of it and get a laugh out of it so theodotion latin vulgate samaritan targum targum onkelos and targum neophyte interpret the word to mean giants Symmachus translated as the violent ones, and Aquilus translation has been interpreted to mean either the fallen ones or the ones falling upon their enemies. In the Hebrew Bible, there are three interconnected passages referencing the Nephilim. Two of them come from the Pentateuch. The first occurrence is in Genesis 6, 1-4, immediately before the account of Noah's Ark. Genesis 6-4 reads as follows. The Nephilim were in the earth in those days, and also after that. When the sons of God came into and unto the dark, the daughters of man, and then they bore children to them. The same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. 
where the Jewish Publication Society translation simply translate the Hebrew Nephilim as Nephilim. The King James Version translates the term as giant. The nature of the Nephilim is complicated by the ambiguity of Genesis 6 through 4, which leaves it unclear whether they are the sons of God or their offspring, who are the mighty men of old, men of renown. Richard Hess takes it to mean that the Nephilim are the offspring, as does P.W. Coxon. The second is Numbers 13.32-33, through 33, where ten of the twelve spies report that they have seen fearsome giants in Canaan. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come to the Nephilim, who came from the Nephilim, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Pretty much saying that these guys were giants and we were mere grasshoppers to them. Outside the Pentateuch, there is one more passage indirectly referring and referencing the Nephilim, and this is Ezekiel 32, 17 through 32. Of special significance is Ezekiel 32:27, which contains a phrase of disputed meaning with the traditional vowels added to the text in the medieval period. The phrase is read, Giborim Nephilim, Nophlem, fallen warriors, or fallen Giborim. Although some scholars read the phrase as Giborim Nephilim, Nephilim warriors, or warriors Nephilim, according to Ronald S. Hindle, the phrase should be interpreted as warriors. The Nephilim in the reference to Genesis 6-4, the verse as understood by Hindle reads, They lie with the warriors, the Nephilim of old, who descended to Shaul. With their weapons of war, they placed their swords beneath their heads, and their shields upon their bones, for the terror of the warriors was upon the land of the living. Brian R. Doak, on the other hand, proposes to read the term as the Hebrew verb fallen, not to use the specific term Nephilim, but still according to Doak, a clear reference to Nephilim, tradition as found in Genesis. Most of the contemporary English translations, Genesis 6, 1-4, and Numbers 13-33, render the Hebrew Nephilim as giants. This tendency is to turn stems from the fact that one of the earliest translations of the Hebrew Bible, the Septuagint, composed in the 3rd or 2nd century BCE, tenders the said word as gigantus. The choice made by the Greek translators has been later adopted into the Latin translation, the Vigalti, compiled in the 4th and 5th century CE, which uses the transcription of the Greek term rather than the literal translation of the Hebrew Nephilim. From there, the tradition of the giant progeny of the sons of God and the daughters of men spread to later medieval translations of the Bible. The decision of the Greek translators to render the Hebrew Nephilim as Greek giants or gigantus is a separate matter. The Hebrew Nephilim means literally the fallen ones, and the strict translation into Greek would be peptokatos, which I probably just destroyed that, which in fact appears in the Septuagint of Ezekiel 32, 22 to 27. 
It seems then that the authors of Septuagint wished not only to simply translate the foreign term into Greek, but also to employ the term which would be intelligible and meaningful for their Hellenistic audiences. Given the complex meaning of the Nephilim, which emerged from the three interconnected biblical passages, human-divine hybrids in Genesis 6, Autocontrasis people in Numbers 13 and ancient warriors trapped in the underworld of Ezekiel 32. The Greek translators recognized some similarities. First and foremost, both Nephilim and Gigantus were liminal beings resulting from the union of the opposite orders and as such retained the unclear status between the human and divine. Similarly, dim was their moral designation and the sources witnessed to both awe and transition and fascination with which these figures must have been looked upon. Secondly, both were presented as impersonating chaotic qualities and posing some serious danger to gods and humans. They appeared either in the prehistoric or early historical context, but in both cases they preceded the ordering of the cosmos. Lastly, both Gigantus and Nephilim were clearly connected with the underworld and were said to have originated from Earth, and they both end up closed therein. <clears throat> In one Enoch, they were great giants whose height was 300 cubits, a cubit being 18 inches, 46 centimeters. This would make them 450 feet tall, or 140 meters tall. The Quran refers to the people of Ad in Quran 26, 130, whom the prophet Hud declares to be like Jabarin. Hebrew Gomorrah, probably a referent to the biblical Nephilim, the people of Ad are said to be giants, the tallest among them 100 feet or 30 meters high. However, according to Islamic legend, the Ad were not wiped, but the flood since some of them had been too tall to be drowned. Instead, God destroyed them after they rejected further warnings. After death, they were banished into the lower layers of hell. All early sources refer to the sons of heaven as angels from the 3rd century BCE onwards. References are found in the Enochic literature, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Genesis Apocorphum, the Damascus document, Jubilees, the Testament of Reuben, two Barak, Josephus, and the book of Jude compare with two Peter 2. For example, one Enoch 7 2. And when the angels, the sons of heaven, beheld them, they became enamored of them, saying to each other, Come, let us select for ourselves wives from the progeny of man. And let us begat children. Some Christian apologists, such as Territorian and especially Lactanitus, shared this opinion. The earliest statement in a secondary commentary explicitly interpreting this to mean that the angelic beings mated with humans can be traced to the rabbinical Targum Suedo Jonathan. And it has since become especially commonplace in modern Christian communities. 
This line of interception finds additional support in the text of Genesis 6-4, which juxtaposes the sons of God, male gender, divine nature, with the daughters of men, female gender, human nature. From this parallelism, it could be interpreted and interferred that the sons of God are understood as some superhuman beings. The New American Bible Commentary draws a parallel to the Apostle of Jude and the statement set forth in Genesis suggesting that the epistle refers implicitly to the paternity of Nephilim as heavenly beings who came to earth and had sexual intercourse with women. The footnotes of the Jerusalem Bible suggest that the biblical author intended the Nephilim to be an antidote of superhuman race. Some Christian commenters have argued against this view, citing Jesus' statement that the angels do not marry. Others believe that Jesus was only referring to angels in heaven. Evidence cited in favor of the fallen angels interpretation includes the fact that the phrase the sons of God, Hebrew, or sons of gods, is used twice outside of Genesis chapter 6 in the book of Job 1, 6 and 2, 1 where the phrases explicitly references angels, the Septuagint manuscript, Codex Alexandrius, reading of Genesis 6-2, renders this phrase as the angels of God, while Codex Vaticanus reads sons. Tarquam Suedo Jonathan identifies the Nephilim as Shemaziah, and the angels in the name of list from one Enoch. The story of Nephilim is further elaborated in the Book of Enoch, the Greek, Aramaic, and main Gies manuscripts of one Enoch and Jubilees obtained in the 19th century and held in the British Museum and Vatican Library. Connect the origin of the Nephilim with the fallen angels and the particular with the Agroriar, Agrori watchers. Samayaza, an angel of high rank, is described as leading a rebel set of angels in a descent to earth to have sexual intercourse with human females. And it said, And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days were born unto them beautiful and commonly daughters. And the angels, the children of the heaven, saw the, and saw and lusted after them and said to one another, Come, let us choose as wives from among the children of men, and begat us children. And Simjaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of a great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath, and all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations not to abandon this plan but to do this thing. Then swear they all together and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were in all two hundred who descended in the days of Jared on the summit of the Mount Hermon, and they called it Mount Hermon, because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. In the tradition of the children of Nephilim are called the Eliod, who are considered a separate race from the Nephilim, 
but they share the fate of the Nephilim. Some believe the fallen angels who begat the Nephilim were cast into Tartarus, 2 Peter 2 4, Jude 1 6, Greek Enoch 22. A place of total darkness. An interpretation of that God granted 10% of the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim to remain after the flood as demons to try to lead the human race astray until final judgment. In addition to Enoch, the book of Jubilees 7, 21 through 25 also states that ridding the earth of those Nephilim was one of God's purposes for flooding the earth in Noah's time. These works describe the Nephilim as being evil giants. There are also allusions to those descendants in the Deutsch Chronicle, books of Judith 16.6, Sirach 16.7, Borak 3.26-28, and Wisdom of Solomon 14.6. In the Deutsch Chronicle 3, Maccabees 2.4. Again, guys, I hope you're laughing at me while I'm trying to say these words, and I mean no disrespect to anyone out there of their religion or how they believe. I'm merely trying to pronounce these words as best as I can. The New Testament Epistle of Jude 14.15 cites from 1 Enoch 1.9, which many scholars believe is based on Deuteronomy 33.2. To most commenters, this confirms the author of Jude regarded the Enoch interpretations of Genesis 6 as correct. However, others have questioned this. Reference to the offspring of Seth rebelling from God and mingling with the daughters of Cain are found from the 2nd century CE onwards in both Christian and Jewish sources. Rabbi Shaman bar Yokei, Augustine of Hippo, Sextus Julius Africus, and the letters attributed to St. Clement, it is also the view expressed that the modern chronicle Aramaic Ethomial Orthodox Bible Hanok 2, 1 through 3, and the offspring of Seth, who were upon the holy mount, saw them and loved them. And they told one another, Come, let us choose for us daughters from Cain's children. Let us bear children for us. So, guys, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you a brief uh, a story that I have found uh, I actually looked it up, I researched it, and uh, there's been a lot on it. In Afghanistan, one of our special forces had come across something in the mountains, and it was a giant. They said it was, it had to have been 10 to 11 feet tall. It, 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 was, it had a, uh, a spear, a shield, and it looked at him through the mountains, they were on a mission trying to find the Taliban. And as they were going up through the mountains, they heard something inside one of the mountains. And as one of the soldiers looked in, he saw what appeared to be eyes. And then it came out. And it was a giant. It had a spear and a shield. It threw its spear, impaling one of the soldiers, killing them instantly. The other soldiers opened fire on it. And they shot it so many times, they could not believe why it hadn't fallen. Eventually, the soldier shot it enough, it ran back into the cave, where it eventually died. The body is supposedly with the government, but many of the soldiers that were there that day have said 
that they witnessed this and were involved in this, and it is very real. And there's lots of fossil remains of giants. In 1577, a series of large bones discovered near Lucerne were interpreted as the bones of an antediluvian giant about 5.8 meters, 19 feet tall. In 1786, Johanna Friedrich Blumenbach found out that these remains belonged to a mammoth. Cotton Mather believed that fossilized leg bones and teeth discovered near Albany, New York in 1705 were the remains of a Nephilim who perished in a great flood. Paleontologists have identified these as mastodon remains. So, in popular culture, the name and idea of Nephilim, like many other religious concepts, is sometimes used in popular culture. Examples include the gothic rock band Fields of Nephilim, the novels by Mick Farron, The Mortal Instruments, The Infernal Devices, The Last Hours, The Dark Artifacts, and other books. So Nephilims are still talked about to this to these days, guys. They're seen in video games, they're seen in movies, music videos, you know, so on and so forth. And then in the early parts of the war in Afghanistan, we're, you know, fighting these things. And a, a soldier, you know, was supposedly killed and the body is still with the government. But they all believe that it's true, that it really happened. So, from what I get out of this, is that Azazel fell from heaven with the other fallen angels, mated with women, and had the Nephilim. The Nephilim are bad, evil things. I think they were just created to kind of rub it in God's eye, and rub it in God's face, like, hey, I'm still doing bad here on earth, even though you kicked me out of heaven. So... Guys, the Nephilim, they, they are in many forms of religious text. Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the modern-day American Testament, the Quran, the Book of Enoch, all speak of giants. And even to this day, they're finding bones of human remains that are huge, seven to eight feet tall, sometimes nine feet tall. These giants are buried in the earth. And no one can explain it. So I'll leave it up to you guys to whether or not that you believe that the Nephilim is real or not. Um, I was suggested this by Paul Talby, a good friend of mine who I went to high school with. I'm still friends with him. Uh, he suggested that I do a podcast episode on the Nephilim, so I went ahead and did it. And I hope you enjoyed it, Paul. Um, I hope, like everybody else, you got a kick out of me trying to pronounce these huge words that I could not pronounce. And I hope it didn't bug anybody too much. And I hope it didn't offend anyone because the last thing I want to do is offend anybody. So you can go to ParanormalIncOhio.com. There you can check out the main business page. There you can see some old ghost hunts and ghost stories. And you can see our crystals and all the powers that they hold. You can check out our sage bundles for all cleansing needs. And the necklaces pins, bracelets, and everything that goes along with the crystals. From there, you can go to Paranormal Inc. Ohio Group. That is our group page on Facebook. There we talk about all things paranormal. You guys give me ideas, such as tonight. And I do a show on them. I do the research. I give you guys a shout-out, or even sometimes try to have you on the show. From there, you can go to Paranormal Inc. Ohio on TikTok and YouTube. There you can check out some old ghost stories and some ghost hunts. 
And from there, as always, on every podcast venue known to man. And I noticed that I was having problems with Apple Podcasts. Guys, I had zero idea that my show was not even popping up on Apple. Um, It was brought to my attention that the Apple Podcasts had stopped uh, putting my shows on Apple Podcasts. I have it taken care of. It is up and running. We are back on Apple Podcasts. All episodes are there. The new ones will drop there as well, as well as when they go out on every other form. So if you use Apple Podcasts, we are back on Apple Podcasts, and we are everywhere on any podcast venue you can think of. And I thank each and every one of you. I love each and every one of you. You guys are the reason why I continue to do this. And I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. And again, guys, please forgive my stammering of these big words. I was trying my hardest to pronounce them. So I hope you guys had a great night. You guys will hear another episode tomorrow at 10 p.m. Of course, you know Thursday will be live on Facebook at 10. Friday will be our Fear Friday live on Facebook at 10 p.m. as well. Guys, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Thank you guys. Have a great night. Bye, everybody. Bye.